Welcome to the Kosafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Said. Welcome to another episode of the Kusafa Show, where our feature interview provides fascinating insight into the work of La Liga around the world, their masterclass workshops to upskill local coaches, and the latest trends in global football. We have an in-depth chat with La Liga's sports projects coordinator, Carlos Casal, and specialist in football projects development, Saul Vasquez. But before that, we get reaction to the qualification of Zambia, South Africa, and debutants Botswana for the 2022 Women's Africa Cup of Nations finals that will be held in Morocco in July. First, we hear from the Banyana Banyana coach, Desiree Ellis, following her side's tense 1-1 draw in Algeria that saw them book a place at the finals with a 3-1 aggregate victory. Our finishing was poor. We could have been 3 or 4 nil up before they even scored the goal. Um, also, the defending at the goal, we could have done better. The left winger didn't track back. But this team's got a lot of courage and this team knows uh, I have been in this position before. And uh, we just needed to, to keep on playing. We felt that they were not a threat except for the long balls that they played and the set pieces that they had. And we urged the players not to give free kicks away around the area, but we handled that really well. And we always knew that we were going to get a chance again. We were going to get a chance again. And once the penalty went in, we simply just took control of the game and just um, you know played our, our game and at the end um, Algeria was chasing chasing because they needed to chase but uh, it, was a, it wasn't a great goal to give away but credit to them they never gave up they fought till the bitter end uh, and you've got to give credit to the Algerians because even though we were 2-0 up and eventually 2-1 and 3-1 um, they still kept on fighting and um, trying to get back but I think the experience that we have of having been here and the experience that we have in the team I think that that brought us to this point. Zambia were given a mighty scare by Namibia in their final round qualifier, but advanced the Morocco finals on the away goals rule following a 1-1 draw in neutral Johannesburg. Coach Bruce Nwapa gives his thoughts on their second successive continental qualification. Yeah, on um, qualifying to the AFCON, I think uh, you are right. This is our second time. And... Um... I feel I feel happy about it because uh, from the time I started coaching the team, my first target, my first appointment was to qualify the team to the Afcon, which we did uh, way back in um, is it 2018, 2019, somewhere there. So thereafter, we I managed to qualify the team to to the Olympic, and this is now the second time. It's uh, to me, it's uh, okay. Although the girls are doing everything possible to make sure that um, we qualify to second uh, uh, second time to the Afcon, I think um, the, the credit should also go to. To the players, they they have actually played uh, a good game, especially in the second half. They were there to uh, equalize and uh, possibly look for a winning goal, but time wasn't with us. But all the same, what we wanted is just to qualify, whether with a draw, especially one one or two two. That was our, our aim. Yeah, I as technical the technical bench, we we feel. Uh, uh, the stars, uh, most of the, okay, our stars could have uh, actually added value to, to the team, but um, it's not always that we can depend on the, on the same players. Um, we managed to do with uh, the, the ones that we, that are there, and uh, they have proved that uh, they can play, but we still need to have a strong team for us to do well when we get to the, the AFCON. This is now history. 
but uh, our studies, I'm sure, we will need them next time. Uh, there are so many areas that we need to concentrate on because if you look at the way we played, especially when we started in the second half, you could see that the defense, the defense was a bit shaky and there was also poor organization in the midfield. So we'll try by all means to make sure that we polish up all, all the areas even if uh, we've got um, established players, those who are uh, seasonal players, but we still need to to make sure that uh, they improve more because where we are going, we are meeting the the cream of um, of Africa. So we expect a lot of um, challenges, especially to the teams <clears throat> the teams from uh, West Africa. Now that we are. We have qualified, I'm sure, and having been to the Olympics, they will be really on us. Everybody would want now to, to make sure they give us a tough time. There was deep disappointment for Namibia coach Woody Jacobs as his side came close to reaching the finals, which would have been a further sign of the great improvement in the team since he took over. It's, it's, it's something that uh, we've been yearning for and that, that we tried to do, but at the end of the day, uh, it was not our day. And when, in the manner that we went, uh, that we are going out, exiting, the, not qualifying for the tournament, it's harsh, but it's something that we need to accept. I always believe, and I said that, look, when we went in at halftime at 1-0, we could either consolidate it or we can, or we can, we can get a step further and get a second goal. So it was neither to be. We didn't score the second one and we also didn't consolidate. So uh, it's 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 hard luck and and we are hard done. I think uh, I need to credit the girls for a spirited performance. Uh, they believed and they gave it their all. But uh, that's football. It's a beauty of football that um, if you if you don't score and we spoke about it at afternoon, Zambia is pushing and their quality side. They they'll always put you under the caution and, and they did that and eventually our, our wall broke and uh, we conceded that goal in the seventieth minute. So. It's a, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a button pill to swallow, but uh, at the end of the day, what can we do? We must just show uh, Sergio on. Like uh, Coach Bruce said, oh, we have a good side, and I, and I said it just now after the game, to them, we cannot break this team. This team needs to continue, and, uh, and, and we need to push forward and, and create more improvements. I believe in the, in, the, in the depth and the strength of the team, but she really put up a good show today, and she really wanted to win. I, I, I just feel bad for her and, and others that, that really wanted to, to have this so much and they cannot have it. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a stronger trip back home. It's one that we need to accept and move on from. Well, uh, to be honest, uh, if we're going to let go of this project just because we lost this game, I think it's going to be in vain what we've done. Because despite the fact that Namibia doesn't have the quality that Zambia has, uh, also, the population size is also another factor that we need to take into consideration. So the fact that we've come here, we've played in this manner, it's it's already uh, uh, accolade in itself. Uh, and, and, and I look at it at, at that point. I think uh, the, the future looks bright if we keep them together, if we get our football back rolling, and we can export a, a little bit more players to, to foreign leagues such as South Africa that has now also come in the fall with the club champions, Sundowns. Winning, winning the club champions, uh, Champions League, and then also even why not why not go and play in Zambia? That, that's already so formidable. So I think we need to export a little bit more players so that they can get the game time and they can get the experience. I think the Zambia today tipped the scales uh, because of the experience, the fact that they've been there 
and they've done it before. I think that that was the catalyst for them, and that's why they they they, they saw it through. So uh, all in all, if if you ask me, and if uh, if I'm at the helm of, of, of development of women football, I will come up with a few uh, ideas on how to on how to how to get uh, the girls going and, and to continue building a team. Spain's La Liga have recently completed a set of masterclass workshops for coaches in the Casapa region that saw them impart knowledge on the latest trends in the game, which included input from top flight clubs Espanyol and Alavesh. We spoke to La Liga's sports projects coordinator Carlos Casal and specialist in football projects development Saul Vasquez about these sessions and a whole lot more. Carlos, if I could start with you, can you tell us a little bit about the masterclass sessions and who was involved for La Liga's side? I know, for example, you presented a workshop on how data analysis can be applied to football. Yes, uh, we were working on uh, four different masterclasses. In two of them, we were present, the, the people from the football department of La Liga, and in another two, uh, we are, we are uh, involving the clubs, uh, two La Liga clubs, one uh, Espanol, and uh, the other one uh, was Alaves, uh, talking about the players' uh, individual development process and their model into the academy and the uh, and first team. In my case, I was talking about uh, how we can use data in uh, in football in order to uh, boost the the players development and the team's performance. For us, in our perspective, it's important to have data involved into the problem, but is not uh, the key element. The key element should be the expertise of the people that have huge experience with teams and, uh, and players in, in football and data is just a tool that the technology and the, the times that we are living give us to in order to take better decisions. So the objective was to how to use this data, one, to evaluate the process that we are uh, doing in the competitions and in the training and also try to adjust our future decisions in terms of how uh, we can sing new players or how we can adapt our tactics on the field. So if, if you could also go a little into a little detail about your particular workshop, which I believe was on game models and, and the feedback that you got from the coaches in that session. Yes, uh, yes. Um, the, the session was how to build uh, with methodological progression improvement in our players. And uh, uh, we were talking about first how to do it individually, then in microstructures of uh, just few players, three, four players or lines or attackers or defenders or midfielders. And then during the the, the season uh, to, to increase uh, the level of our game model and um, the connection with the coaches, it was uh, really nice because they saw uh, that topic uh, very practical. They can apply to the reality and uh, the interaction was quite, quite nice um, in both sense. Uh, good for them and good also for us because we can see the interests in different uh, areas, not just in grassroots or high performance or seniors. We were having uh, questions from all those areas and we connected with all of them so the feedback from the topic was uh, really nice uh, and being honest uh, we are quite happy with uh, that part and uh, yes uh, we think that uh, everybody liked the the topic and as I mentioned before, it was quite useful for them. And now they can apply at least uh, some things to their reality, which is sometimes different 
to to the high performance here in Spain. Yeah, that's that's a good point, and I'm actually going to get to that a little bit later. But um, Carlos, uh, from the league's perspective, why is it important to hold these sessions uh, for coaches? And I know you do it all around the world, but you know, for for coaches in Southern Africa, I think it's a for us it's a wonderful opportunity because we believe that in in this part of the world in uh, Southern Africa. We have huge talent, uh, huge talent, and talking not only about players, also about coaches. We believe that uh, they have a good concern about the methodology, about how they can to go one step further. And the, the good thing here is that, for example, in this uh, coaching series that we were having with uh, with Kosafa in, the, in that time, we were analyzing what we did in the past because we we were uh, in a trip in uh, Mauritius uh, two months ago we were training with uh, the national youth teams we were also collaborating uh, in uh, coaching training so we did specific trainings we did specific dynamics with them and we had a time before this uh, coaching series to analyze it and to see how was the training and it was a wonderful opportunity to show the other countries involved how we train in their specific context and how we did it with the different players we were involving and the different coaches too. So it was grateful to have this opportunity to be on field there in one country of Kosafa and after that show others how we work and how was the evaluation of that process that, the, that we did with, with them. So it's a it's a good thing to have this kind of uh, dynamics because help us to better know the different countries and the different football realities we have around the around the world. And also maybe it's helpful for the coaches that are attending this kind of uh, seminars and, uh, and stages because maybe they can pick something to apply in, the, in their daily basis uh, operations and trainings. Uh, Saul, if this is not too technical a question, when you look at game models in football, and in particular in Spain, how have they changed, if at all, in, say, the the last decade? Or certainly since Spain won the World Cup here in South Africa in in 2010. Have we seen a progression of of game models? Well, um, it's um, quite technical. Thanks for the question. But uh, we can can at least answer a couple of things about that. Um, Well, in 2010, when Spain won the World Cup, I think that... um, that game model of um, uh, combinative attack, high pressing, it was probably the pike in, in that moment. And and then uh, that model was copied by many teams uh, during the, the next uh, years. But yes, uh, I think that, well, we think and everybody thinks that every day... Uh, some details are changing, and that's the the main question. Um, uh, not in a big perspective, the game model is changing, but in details, yes. And those details are the ones who are changing um, the global game model. Uh, right now, we can see probably um, universal players, not just players playing in one position, players that from one position can play in many others. Uh, this is something that it's happening in the most part of the clubs right now. Um, then we can also see uh, the different variation, offensive and defensive variation on that positions in terms of number of players involved in one line. 
sometimes one team starts with three defenders and finishes in the defensive phase with five. So those small details are always changing. Those are just few examples of, of uh, different points, but we can go deeper probably uh, in a different podcast or day because we, we, we will need more time to explain these kind of variations in all the parts like attack, defend, uh, transitions, even in set pieces. The, the game model is changing quite a lot uh, from that man-to-man marking till the uh, zonal marking to the mix one, different different kind of, of concepts that we can talk about it. But yeah, game is life and it's alive and it's changing. So the evolution is constant and that's why it's so important this coach's formation because uh, we don't need just to get a license and be the best. We need to learn daily and every single day to be better and at least to be involved with uh, the new things that are happening uh, during the during the year and during the years. Yeah, no, it's absolutely fascinating. I'd love to at a later stage have a much more in-depth conversation about it. Um, but, but Carlos, um, you mentioned there about uh, doing some sessions in Mauritius. I think a few years ago you were in Botswana and whatnot. And so you've, you've been to the region. Is there a difference in how you would structure and design training programs in this part of the world um, to say how you would do it in Spain? And I'm purely thinking of things like facilities, um, perhaps a lack of structured development for youngsters, even things like nutrition, um, which in this part of the world can be an issue. Yes and no, because we we are more focused on uh, sometimes even here in Spain or in other countries, we are focused about uh, what we cannot do because of the context. But our philosophy is to be more focused about those things that we are not doing right now, but we could do it with uh, with our uh, with the resources we have. So in this in this sense, it's true that we have. Uh, different principles uh, about of uh, follow-up prot- protocols, uh, training session methodology and, uh, and structures. And those principles, uh, we are following those principles all around the world. After that, we need to apply it uh, in each country. We need to adapt it to the level of the players and the typology of the players in each country because it's not the, the same the players typology in the South Africa than in the north of Africa than in Asia than in in, uh, in the US for example or in Europe and we are fitting it to uh, each one of the realities in order to boost the potential of the of the players our duty and our commitment is to develop the players and to allow them to reach his uh, his or her master potential. After that, uh, each country has its specific points of maybe development, maybe next steps, but I believe that all the countries we were in, mostly in the south part of Africa, have huge potential in terms of something that it makes difference from the from the other surrounding countries. So I think the key element is to take advantage of that potential and step by step going implementing new, new things to try to have more talents and to try to have uh, more powerful teams. Yeah, and, and sort of touching on that as well. So um, what for you is kind of the, the key ingredient in a country like Spain 
to continuously produce world-class players of the highest caliber over you know, a succession of generations? Is it as simple as having the right youth development structures in place or is there something more to it? Structure helps, uh, being honest. <laughs> That's one of the, the lag points that we are facing in, in many countries. Uh, uh, but here we... We have uh, great opportunities because the the coaching education programs are great. Uh, we have great, great professionals uh, in every single area and aspect of football. Coaches, uh, fitness coaches, strength and conditioning coaches, analysts, psychologists, sports psychologists, etc. Then... Um, we have uh, good facilities uh, that we mentioned before, and, and sometimes it helps, not in all the categories, but usually even in the lower ones, uh, you have facilities to do your training sessions properly and equipment, basic equipment. Um, then uh, what we have is a methodology, uh, of course, in La Liga teams and from La Liga side, a great methodology divided by stage, a groups, and with clear objectives and contents that we separate work during the season. And then uh, for me, one of the key points that we have here in Spain is that the competition is great. So competition is great in terms of that it's an organized competition. So from that competition, you can have 10 months of fully competition for the players from grassroots, uh, speaking about um, very, very young ages, five, six years old, uh, the players are playing continuously till uh, the senior stage. So with these four or five points, uh, I think that we have an environment of um, a good way to build uh, players. And then there is uh, a different point, which is probably out of the professional's hands, uh, but it's uh, important as well, which is that the players here in Spain are playing out of the field and the... Uh, training sessions, the official training sessions or the official competition. So you can see kids in the street playing football. Uh, here, football is like a fever. Everybody got it. So uh, during the school time, in the, their free time, kids just get one ball and start to play in the playground. And with uh, that ingredient, it is much better and much simple to produce uh, talent. But the talent is there uh, here and in other places. But uh, we have the tradition of, of uh, build uh, good players, but everything around helps to do it. Yeah. And, and Carlos, I know um, this year at the workshops, as was mentioned earlier, we had uh, La Liga clubs, Espanyol and Alaves. Um, is there a real eagerness from clubs to be involved in projects such as this one to sort of spread the, the, the coaching ethos around the world? For sure. Uh, we are very lucky here in, in La Liga. As, as you know, La Liga is representing all its clubs from both uh, first and second division. And for us, it's a pleasure to involve the clubs. They are uh, willing to do more things uh, with us, to go with us in the different trips, in the different uh, coaching dynamics we, we have. And for us, it's a opportunity also to learn from them because we are creating knowledge 
Uh, and this knowledge is created by the interactions we have uh, on daily basis with uh, our clubs. So all, all the knowledge we have is from those uh, visits we have to our class, from those projects that we are implementing together with our class, and we are very happy to give them the, the opportunity to go abroad and to show their uh, methodologies uh, and player development uh, philosophies. So for us, it's a pleasure, and I think it's very grateful and very um, helpful for the coaches of other countries too because uh, it uh, helps them to understand better the context here in Spain to pick something that we can apply in their uh, in their current teams and uh, with uh, their current players and is of uh, is well known that Spain is a reference in terms of players development in terms of training methodology and in terms also as my colleagues all mentioned competition competitions structure because it's, it's a key element to keep development players and to keep uh, filtering this talent that we are seeking for yeah and then just just last one Saul I know I think you you've coached in China and Thailand and I think India as well um is there any sort of fundamental differences in football in, in those parts of the world when compared to Southern Africa from what you've seen? Or, or is it really about the basic supply across the broad? Well, um, that's a very difficult answer. Just to point one or two things, but um, uh, talent is there everywhere, everywhere. Um, you can see good players uh, in different countries, in different contexts. Uh, then the difference is the way to, to develop them or the chances to develop them. Uh, but the the talent is there. So sometimes the the difficulty is uh, to understand the context, and that's why uh, I think that we are good doing it because we can adapt our methodology and our philosophy to the real context. It doesn't matter that uh, if we are working in America, in uh, India, in Russia, or in Dubai, the the context is totally different. So same in South Africa. If we can adapt uh, our content, our methodology to those players and adapt a little bit uh, the environment, uh, I think that uh, everywhere we can build uh, good players. Um, What's the point or what's the difference between countries? It could be many. Uh, From the culture of uh, training sessions, uh, from, uh, for example, in one place is... by culture, you know that the, the methodology is a little bit more analytical and change that mentality from local coaches or from the structure is uh, sometimes difficult to other contexts where um, the commitment of the players is not um, the best because by culture, uh, it is difficult to go to training sessions every day, etc., etc. I'm just pointing a couple of examples to make you understand a little bit how it works. But uh, I'm going to say the same. The talent is there and the talent is everywhere. Uh, you can see good players from every single country. So the, the point here is just to adapt everything, methodology and environment and get the commitment of the players to work for it. If we are speaking about an structure we have to understand that not every single player just for the the if they want to be players it's not just uh, all right i want to be a player i'm gonna train hard because the talent is you, you need talent right but uh, that should be the first point and the second point is to understand where the talent is and select the talent in young ages to develop with them uh, by stages a good uh, football program to develop them in the best way and boost their uh, improvement.
That's it for another episode of the Kasafa Show. We'll be back in a fortnight with more views from around the Southern African region and beyond. Don't forget, you can listen to more of our podcasts on Sokoloduma Radio, Kasafa.tv, Spotify, and iTunes. And you can also get the latest news via our website at www.kasafa.com and on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok.